Hello and welcome to the ABC Music Talk podcast. In this episode, I get to talk about gender diversity with the founder of a female-led organisation called Secret Sessions. It's in the current affairs category because we're going to be talking about a new initiative that is being launched. But first, a reminder to go rotor your video assets. Rotor is for artists, managers, labels, or anyone in the music industry who needs to create video content for promotion or monetization. Rotor makes it fast, easy, and inexpensive to do all of that in one place. Head to www.abcmusic.co and click the Rotor logo on the homepage to access a 10% off discount for the service. Now, Secret Sessions is one of the pillars of the UK music industry's artist showcase circuit. And today, I'm joined by its founder and leader, Harriet, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's quite all right. How are you feeling today? Feeling good. It's wet. It's dreary. It really is a bit grey and wet today, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. We like it, though. But we're going to stay positive, aren't we? We are. Um, So we've known each other for a little while now, uh, but I don't think I'd ever really looked into how you ended up starting Secret Sessions. Um, You've had quite a video-based career, I noticed, uh, looking at LinkedIn, which is always my friend when researching this. (laughs) Uh, Unit 10, Video Box, Balcony TV... Um, so take us on a quick tour of your career frame by frame. And, and how you got to starting Secret yeah. Sessions. So I was a filmmaker in my previous life. So I studied uh, video at Central St. Martin. I studied fine art at Central St. Martin's, mm-hmm. um, but was immediately on a video pathway, never painted or drawn a decent picture in my life, um, <laughs> which made for interesting beginnings at St. Martin's because everyone else was obviously very talented Um, but yeah so during that course I was already making quite music driven content Mm -hmm. Um, teachers would tell me in crits that my work looked like a music video meaning that to be derogatory but you know I'd move away (laughs) very happy with that feedback that's weird Um, everyone else was making work why why do you think they said that like what like the the video like music video like why did you think why did you take that as a sort of derogatory comment I mean St. Martin's is about as pretentious as you can get. I see. And I was okay. on, so I was on, um, so I was on a 4D pathway. So they categorise your part in the course through which dimension you're working in. Mm-hmm. So that's how pretentious it is. So I was on a 4D, right. which was um, time-based uh, and performance. Um, so a lot of people were making sort of very experimental performance and art. Um, and since... You know, since sixth form, when I learned to to shoot and to edit, I was already already interested in music content, um, so just carried that on. So everyone else wanted to show in galleries and on white walls, but I'd discovered something called YouTube, <laughs> and was really interested in getting to my audience. Um, you know, right right to their them in their homes, essentially. Yeah, right. What sort of year is this? Um, two thousand and seven. I graduated. Right. Um, so. I think to, YouTube came out in 2007 as well. Um, yeah, it's about, that's about yeah. right. So, yeah, so I was showing, putting my work onto the internet early on, basically. Yeah. Um, and then I joined Balcony TV, uh, which was sold eventually to Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, um, there were many balconies around the world and pro- individual producers ran each balcony. Um, so through running Balcony TV, I built up a really amazing network of artists, PR managers, um, really nice music community, um, but felt quite limited creatively. Everyone had to be on a balcony. There was a strict kind of international format. 
Right. Uh, and coming from... These um, are literal balconies? Literal balconies. Okay. I remember finding the balcony was a big hoo-ha, and I spent many hours walking around London just looking up at balconies and wondering if they'd be suitable. Um, and eventually it was... Is there was, not a noise complaint issue with that? I mean... There were, I mean, London as well. There yeah. were a lot, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of sirens. Um, but from the other side, you mean noise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, if you've um, got speakers and amplified so music. So we were and... on the roof of the Mother Bar in Shoreditch. Mm. So three, three, three in the Mother oh, Bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which is a very noisy area mm. anyway. So there were a lot of kind of stop and retakes through sirens. I remember once we were filming during the. Actually, no, that was the secret sessions, but we were filming during the London riots. Oh, exciting. Because they, they boarded up, because I used to have an office there, and they, they boarded up all the shop fronts, didn't they? Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. there was an American band we were filming called Givers, and they were just like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> a, fl- a, a former colleague of mine uh, stayed in a flat that was right on that corner where 333 is, yeah. and... Uh, and I said, oh, you know, how, how's it been? How's your stay? And he went, it's like living in a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just like, Maybe not so much anymore, though. Yeah. It's, all, it's all quite fancy now. It is, yeah. Indeed, as they, as they offer gentrification. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Balcony TV turned into secret sessions. Well, it didn't turn into secret sessions, but I started secret sessions from the inspired back. Inspired by. Inspired by. Um, but secret sessions was always... It was started as... A non-restrictive format so mm-hmm. at that time you had balcony tv that were on a balcony you had black cab sessions that were on about uh, in a black cab and i really wanted something that could grow with the industry i knew that eventually i might want it to be a live event um so came up with the idea for secret sessions which essentially meant nothing and we could creatively um you know form something with artists um so for the first Five years of Secret Sessions. It was just a YouTube channel. Right. Um, so now we've featured anyone from Lumineers, Bastille, Casey Musgraves, um, Passenger, Kate Tempest. You know, loads and loads of artists that are it's really, incredible. really successful now. Yeah. Um, and then in 2014, took it um, into a live event, which still happens uh, monthly at the H Club, previously the Hospital Club. I, I, okay, so let's let's talk about. It. I've been a member there for a while. Yeah. I still call it the Hospital Club, yeah, I, I even though it's longer does. and harder to say. Yeah. I, I just I forget that it's yeah. they rebranded it. Yeah. Um, and all because I got an LA one, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is lovely. Yeah. Um, I don't I, work I, for them. I, no, me neither. <laughs> but I do, I do enjoy my time there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still call it the Hospital Club. But, yeah. Everyone else does not, as well. Not allowed to on a any communications otherwise we get our stern oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good job we're not recording this then isn't it oh thank yeah. god <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it started uh, at the H Club um, not even the H Club it's H Club started our show at H Club um, I, I love how on brand you are with it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while for these things to sink in doesn't it, it does it? repetition there yeah. you go yeah um, so as a format our night is uh, three secret acts we never announced the lineup. Um, and the reason for that is A, because it creates mystery, which is fun B, because most people haven't heard of most people these mm-hmm. days C, because um, artists don't have to announce it uh, so it's great for you know pre-tour prep um, or something like that um, and then thirdly, because often the artists that we're working with are at a level where you know they haven't 
particularly with the first act, who's normally a kind of entry-level artist, they haven't got loads out yet online and they haven't made lots of high-budget videos. And what we don't want is our audience, who we know are music lovers, to go and find a phone clip of an artist and decide not to come. Right. Um, so we don't announce the acts. It's hosted, so I host these shows. Um, and we do a lot of... Um, so we do a lot of sort of audience involvement. So we ask all of our audience members to submit a confession. And some of those confessions are then read out between the acts. Oh, wow. And the reason we do that is because we are really interested in the idea of vulnerability and why people love to go out to watch live music. Yeah. We think it's because um, they like to see artists vulnerable, essentially. Sure. Um, so we thought, how can we turn that onto its head and get the audience to be in a vulnerable state as well so yeah. they all submit a confession some of them will be read out during the evening and you can reveal yourself or remain anonymous mm -hmm. once they're read out um, so we've had some amazing moments like a girl said um, I'm here with my ex but I wish he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up coming on the stage and like was there a proposal it wasn't was a there... proposal <laughs> but it turned out that moment? he was um, interested in more again as well right. and everyone's Could quite well lubricated regular Scylla Black that's a reference know, some people exactly. won't get I know exactly I'll have yeah. to buy a new hat yeah indeed thank, <laughs> thank you for finishing off the uh, yeah um, and we, we've also had some really nice moments where it's been um, reconnected to past secret sessions so people have seen each other at secret sessions mm -hmm. and then you know we had one where this guy had supposed he was supposed to be wingmanning his um, female friend and he tried to set her up with this guy at the bar. Right. Didn't go well, but then the guy who they met at the bar actually messaged the other guy later on, on Grindr. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, you know. Exactly. So they'd been chatting, and then he, he basically told the story as a confession. So That's I read excellent. it out, uh, and I got the guy on stage, and I said, and is he here tonight? He was like, he's not here, no. So everyone was like, ah. Oh. And then this hand just came up in the audience, and he was there. No way. And they got on the stage, and then I said, right, I'm going to count down from 10. I'm going to do an audience countdown. I'm going to close my eyes, and you can do whatever you want. Uh, and there was a massive cheer, but I had my eyes closed. But I got the video content back, and they did have a snog. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. matchmaking. Loved that. Um, yeah, because I was going to ask you a question, like, sort of, why is it so unique? But you've just explained so many things I didn't even know about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's really nice, because often the, audience, uh, the artists will then reference those moments in the song so right. they might end up dedicating a song to the guys that just kissed or or often they'll oh, I see. um from it's a, a, truly interactive then yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah um and often they'll reference the theme of vulnerability so yeah. we had a guy called moss kenner play recently and he said that it's really nice to be really nice to be able to be in front of a crowd and be vulnerable and i think what it really does is really increases the quality of attention right so you know if you're creating that really nice open atmosphere yeah people relax people probably aren't gonna chat during during the artist yeah um and we never we never tell people to be quiet uh -huh. um we like to i think it's a really good test of an artist and i think if you directly tell the audience to be quiet i don't think it's the right experience for an artist to be having at that level. I think you need to learn your craft and be able to silence a room with your music or, you know, or by telling them yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> there was a really nice moment, actually, at our last show where 
So sometimes the crowd will police themselves and they'll kind of shush each other, oh, that's good. which is nice. But one of the artists playing said, oh, thank you for that. I love a shusher. And that was her directly telling everyone else to be quiet, but in a really nice way. That's excellent. I love all that. Um, okay, so today, though, we're going to be talking about a new initiative, which yes. you're launching, um, part of Secret Sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, you described it as uh, a female-first marketplace for musicians that discovers, develops, and promotes future talent. Mm-hmm. So presumably Secret Sessions is the discovery piece of that. Yeah. Can you talk about the, the other bits, the development and the, the promotion? Yeah, so um, the marketplace is essentially a, long, a long-term goal, which is a digital platform that showcases this talent yeah. uh, and is a place for brands, um, promoters, venues, festival owners to come and uh, access the female talent. Um, and at the moment, um, the work that we do um, with female talent is the live shows, so they're always 60% female, um, and that's something that's been happening the whole time, uh, and it's not something that we've necessarily shouted about, mm-hmm. but certain... It, it, was it accidental? Because I, 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 I want to pick up on some of these numbers in, in, a, in a minute, but yeah. um, it, was it just, it was just that perhaps the music that you were kind of gravitating towards as a curator? I think there is a sensitive, uh, sort of unrecognized sensitivity to it because we're a female-led organization, me, um, and I choose a lot of those artists. But also, you know, Andy, who I work with, who also chooses them, I think he maybe has a sensitivity, but it it was accidental. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, seeing what was happening in the industry and some of the stats that I'm sure we'll talk about prompted me to go and count back through our lineups because I knew that right. I knew that we were fair that was kind of where I was going with the question yeah. like in fact why don't, why don't we I'll skip around a little bit um, because I, I kind of want this is I think a really important point mm-hmm. so as part of kind of the, um, the press release I guess or the, at least the kind of the information that, that, that you supplied um you, you have this... Uh, I'm just going to read this out verbatim, so apologies. Yeah. Uh, my reading skills are awful. Uh, in the decade 2008 to th- 2018, the proportions of female artists in the top 100 has declined by 22%. Mm-hmm. In today's record industry, just 19% of artists signed to record labels are women, <laughs> which is astounding. Um, and there are three times as many male artists in the UK charts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you read stuff like that, yeah. it, I mean, I feel ashamed as a man, quite yeah. frankly, who's in the music industry, because I'm sure I should have impacted that better. Um, and then this whole like 60% thing, I mean, it's, it's inverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so that when, I, when you gave me that, I was thinking, goodness. But I also felt like you must have done it by counting backwards yeah. and then realized and kind of going, how, how is it that mm-hmm. my organization can be as I say, in this sort of inverted stat versus the rest of the, the, the record industry. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, what are your thoughts around that? I, that was the kind of the meat, and yeah. meat of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's not, it's not something that I ever really wanted to shout about or announce, but I think the more you see these stats and the more you see other people not doing it, mm-hmm. you realise that you're kind of undermining your cause by not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you come to a Secret Sessions event, it isn't, it doesn't feel like this sort of soft, womanly, female event in any way. It's, it, and you wouldn't even notice it. You know, sometimes we'll have all female lineups and mm-hmm. I won't even notice until yeah. after the show. We'll be like, oh, that was all girls. And I don't think the audience will really notice. Yeah. 
but it's... I mean, that's kind of the way it should be, right? Yeah. It should be judged on, uh, you know, what's good, this concept of quality, yeah. right? As opposed to, I, 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 you know, there's obviously been, unfortunately, there's been a lot of discussion around diversity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have another guest on the show who's uh, very vocal um, uh, in, in that sort of in that sphere, if you like, uh, you know, women in music, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, and I, I, there is a sort of, you know, a worry that sometimes it can be a little bit like, oh, now you've just got a panel say at a conference yeah. of women talking yeah. about women in music and, and it feels almost like you might start excluding yeah the the, the, the conversation because because it becomes too focused on yeah. that whereas it should it should and the whole point of it is everyone should be equal yeah. right that's kind yeah. of the point of the, yeah. the discussion so it should be natural it should yeah. just be kind of organic yeah and it's, it just it it felt like when you gave me those statistics that that was what you discovered that yeah. you'd managed to create an organisation that sort of almost accidentally yeah. found its way into, you know, creating almost a complete, you know, 50-50 split. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much, you know, there's there are reasons why, um, you know, it, it's skewed towards male artists, you know, the rise of hip-hop and grime and all uh -huh. these things that are definitely contributing factors. But a lot of the kind of excuses are about that there aren't enough, you know, like a recent festival owner said more girls need to pick up guitars and I just don't agree that there aren't enough because yeah. you know the level of talent that we show at Secret Sessions is so high. You're, you're proving them wrong. Yeah exactly and one that really stood out for me was the Brits this year um, right. across 25 mixed nomination spots there was mm. just one female added uh, nominated in those um, spots it was Mabel and granted she's amazing but there are also many other yeah. amazing artists and um, a female and then two of the artists that were nominated for best female obviously their hands were tied there uh, and sure. they had to all be females nominated um, had been on the secret session stage in oh, the previous wow. two years so that was Mahalia and Freya Ridings amazing. Um, so we know that we're great at spotting talent and we know that we're great at spotting female talent so why not lead with that as a business in yeah. a time that, that needs it yeah, no, absolutely. Um, okay, so I we sort of slightly left the what you're going to do around promotion mm -hmm. um, and and development. So because there are you know some very definite things that you yeah. kind of have as almost like unique parts to, to what you're doing. Because you you sort of say it's not like a record company, but it's no. kind of performing some of those yeah. services. So what um, some activity that we're doing this year is we're moving towards a ticketed event. Okay. Um, so previously, because we've been at members clubs, we also do a show at Soho Farmhouse. Mm -hmm. um, they're traditionally for members, so we don't sell tickets. Yeah. Um, this year, we're starting to do our first ticketed shows, um, and then the proceeds of which will go into development fund Got for it. for female talent. So. Are you doing it at the same venues, or are you having to move to a different venue? Yeah, so we'll be moving venues. Moving. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Got it. Um, potentially not announced um, a mirror so a great a great venue um, near London Bridge right. which is okay. a slight increase in capacity which yeah. is slightly scary yeah. but um, you know <laughs> yeah because you don't want the empty room do you yeah. that, that's like everybody's worst <laughs> yeah. nightmare isn't yeah. it when you're putting on a gig yeah but we've also in some respects kind of outgrown the shows that we do now so mm -hmm. you know essentially we send out one email and 230 people show up not knowing what they're going to see yeah um, which is great um, so hopefully we can move that to, to a ticketed moment. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be doing that, and then development will be around um, studio time, um, content. Like video is always going to be a massive part of what we do. 
Um, so something we do a lot of behind the scenes is um, sort of matchmaking and introing artists and industry. So we'll hear one artist and be like, oh my God, have you met so-and-so? You need to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting a bit of a structure I mean, that's part of the that. creative A&R process. Yeah, yep. definitely. Um, so for example, Moss Kenner, who I talked about recently, played our show and a couple of previous ones, um, an artist called Ruth Ann played. Mm-hmm. We were just like, guys, you need to get in a room yeah, together. Yeah, awesome. And then two weeks later, they were on Instagram making a record, which will hopefully be a hit. Love that. Um, but yeah, so putting a bit of structure around that with the proceeds of ticket sales. Um, we work a lot with um, brands. So, um, you know, very early on, I thought that brands had quite a key role to play in the future of music industry. Um, I was working a lot with um, kind of influencer companies and mm-hmm. brands wanted access to talent and audiences. Of course. Artists had that, therefore these guys need to work together and yeah. often that can remove the need for a record label very early on. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get five grand. From, from a financing yeah. yeah, if you can get five grand from a deal. And also, and also, I guess, an exposure point of view, right? Because they're going to be able to use their network of, yeah. of promotion and marketing and all the channels yeah. that they have already, right? Exactly. Yeah. If it's done correctly, which yes. it should. Because it really shouldn't look awkward, should Yeah. Because there's nothing worse. Yeah. And I think done properly, you know, both parties can get you know equal benefit out yeah. of these partnerships. And I think more and more, they are being done properly. I think if you'd asked me three or four years ago, it was often a little bit of sort of teeth crunching brand moments. Um, so yeah, so trying to um, find brands that want to work with great female talent and pushing some of the artists that we work with towards them. Um, and we're also setting up a publishing company because the the stats around writers is even worse. It's fourteen percent of writers are female. Um, Yikes. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're setting up a publishing company um, and starting to do writing camps and things like that with um, Female First. Yeah, and very Female cool. First only means above 50%. Yeah. And right now we're at 60 so it's yeah. maintaining, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not that there'll and, be... And presumably you're not an advocate for it to be 100% female. No, no, yeah. not at all. I, and, you know, I think everybody needs to work together on these things. Uh, and I think exclusively one way either way is not representative of how the world works yeah <laughs> um i think i i do you know a slight positive discrimination like 60 percent is good yeah no I, I i think there's there's room for that yeah. given given the problems that we've yeah. got in the industry at the moment yeah and, and you know you, you probably should be a you know somebody flying the flag for just demonstrating how unnecessary it yeah. is to always lean male yeah and I think Um, actually what a a big reason for this is because if you look at the stats around the people that work in the music industry and how many of them are female I think in the same way that I have um, you know a leaning towards female artists the fact that however many percent of um, you know record label owners are men might have that leaning towards male artists yeah. and that's Agreed. sort of just feeding oh, I, I the think, future I think I, you know and I think sometimes it is you know subconscious I don't think you know people are bad inherently um, and therefore you know mean if you like uh, no. by ex- excluding people on yeah. purpose but yeah it's, it's a problem pro- yeah. probably in part because yeah. of that yeah yeah I totally yeah. agree and I think also um, there is a pu- push towards men and their guitars commercially 
Right. Uh, and I think, you know, particularly with the Brits and the charts, like they are directly related to commercial sales. So the people that run the Brits and that run the charts will say the reason for this is because it's directly related to commercial sales and that's what people buy and put their hands up. But actually, you know, there's, you know, record labels traditionally will sign less female artists because females are thought to be more work you know they need dancers they need a glam squad whereas you can just stick Ed Sheeran in his grubby t-shirt and guitar on stage Uh, do you know what it's heartbreaking hearing you talk about this stuff because of course you're right that's exactly what people think yeah but it's not true no because of course it's not yeah yeah Yeah. and you know uh, so Mahalia who is you know smashing it now and Mm -hmm. um, so she first came on Secret Sessions when she was 14 uh, just with her guitar yeah. and her mum and dad because she was 14 um, you know she didn't have a glam squad or dancers or anything like that and she's been developing from a very young age in the same way that a guy with his acoustic guitar has been Yeah. Um, something my dad said which I think is quite interesting I, I told him some of these facts and he says you don't have to look very far to realise that it's females making the most interesting music in the music industry what a lovely thing to say <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I don't shout about too much because, of course, they're both making brilliant music. But if you think of some of the sort of absolute icons of British exports, Adele, you know, females have made the industry a hell of a lot of money and they need to be nurtured at a grassroots level. Absolutely. Yeah, genre-defining stuff as well, often, right? Uh, yeah, very good. And and so I, I kind of want to make this point, I don't know whether it's utterly necessary, but because I guess some of the sort of verbiage in, in the, the outward promotion of this is that, you know, it's sort of replacing the record company concept. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that normally gets talked about uh, around DIY services mm-hmm. in terms of sort of discovery of new, of new artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, you're not just going, here's some tools off you go mm-hmm. this is very much a sort of more if you like traditional hands-on yeah you know caring for the the, the artists and, and their projects yeah definitely and i think you know creating music is always going to be a very human thing yeah. like it comes from collaboration and it comes from experience and i think to try there you know there's some amazing platforms that have built brilliant things as tools for artists but actually, you know, I think it's more hands-on what artists need. And because labels are signing artists later and later, there's this gap between, um, you know, talent and um, opportunity. So who, who would have previously been signed is now kind of floating around trying to find their way. But it doesn't mean that there's any less talent than there was before. Um, I think it's a brilliant time to be an artist in terms of, um, tools to, to get your music out there but that also makes the barrier to entry so much lower so that there's so much of it going out it's often very hard to get to get noticed yeah. through that through that mass um, and also because there are so many tools and it is now possible to do absolutely everything and I've now talked about this on a few different podcasts I've interviewed a few artists um, mm-hmm. and also um, my friend who runs Tile Yard Education mm-hmm. um, you know, he, you know, we were talking about the fact that, yeah, you now can do it. Um, you know, very much the way that, you know, we talk, you were looking at my sort of podcast setup. It's mm. very, very simple. You know, it's, even an idiot like me can do it, right? <laughs> but what 
one of the, the other problems with it though is that if you are an artist in the, sort of the truest creative sense mm. a lot of the time that idea of kind of even just organizing say a release schedule or a campaign or yeah. thinking about oh I've got to do these different steps you know I interviewed Scott Diaz and I've said this before in other podcasts in his interview I, I said what, what would you do if you were to put a record out tomorrow mm-hmm. and the list just kept going yeah. I mean and it's insane so I guess what I was kind of getting at was so with what you're doing mm. you're, you are going to be helping provide some of that service yeah yeah definitely and you know we started a YouTube channel and moved into a live event I felt like my world and the world of secret sessions was very digital at the beginning mm-hmm. and where everybody else has kind of got more and more digital we've got more and more human it's and interesting I, and I think it, it yeah. is and, and you know everybody, everybody knows that how the stats around live music and the increase of that and how much revenue that's bringing in yeah and I think it's partly because as as everything becomes more and more digital and people slowly become more and more lonely and um they want live experience and it's the same for artists like everybody just wants to play live Mm -hmm. um and building you know building a business around a live event you know, there's so many more opportunities that come from a live event than there are from a video that got a million hits on it, YouTube. It's where you create real fans. Yeah. I mean, genuinely. Yeah. Um, I was at something last night, uh, artist Santino La Saint, mm-hmm. uh, amazing new artist, uh, filled out a venue in London. These were brand new songs, and people were, by the end of the, some, some of the songs, were singing the choruses and things yeah. like that. Uh, you know, they were true fans. They yeah. wanted to engage with yeah. the artist in, in, yeah. in a very special way. Yeah. Um, and it's always, I love going to those types yeah. of events where yeah. people are there to uh, be happy and, mm-hmm. you know, engage with something new that's exciting, mm-hmm. that's, that's interesting yeah. to them. Yeah. And that's what we've slowly built up with Secret Sessions, a room full of people that want that. And, you know, that is another reason to not announce the lineup. It's because they're engaging with Secret Sessions as a brand and what we stand for. So they know that if they turn up and relinquish control for the evening, they're going to get access to those kind of moments and artists that can be their new favourite artists. Yeah. And for an artist, you know, playing a really good gig for an artist at that level can be the difference between a good year or a bad year. Right. Um, so to be able to confidently, month on month, create that um, space for an artist... Is, is great yeah no, absolutely okay so um, I'm nearly done actually um, which is which is yeah I've been trying so my listeners will know that my podcast can sometimes go on a little bit I am purposely trying to get them a bit yeah. shorter uh, which is why this one will be a little bit shorter um, but uh, I'm going to ask you this I don't even know if you want to talk about it but who have you got your eye on is there anyone you can talk about um, as in for future shows or I, I'm, I'm going to go broad, yes, yeah. future shows or like artists you're looking at kind of bringing into this new Yeah, this new so um, some brilliant artists that have been, I won't tell you any artists that are coming up on the stage because that will ruin it. Uh, it yeah, kind of, it kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like secret <laughs> sessions, but it's not if you listen yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> um, some great moments, uh, Rothwell, okay. a recent artist um, managed by Crockford management um ruth ann who i've also mentioned she um is bringing out a lot of stuff as an artist but mm-hmm. previous very very successful songwriter she wrote for anyone old uh she wrote jojo's too little too late when she was 17 oh, wow. she's writing for niall horan and you know she's got a brilliant list of credits but this is her own stuff um 
we had an amazing, uh, very new artist called Leo, L-E-I-O, on the stage oh, last okay. week. Um, a girl called Olivia Dean, um, who has just been signed to, I can't remember who. Um, Arlo Parks is a brilliant one, who's been on Secret Sessions probably about a year ago. She was in the BBC Sound Of list. Right. Um, so, yeah, so what we're really looking for is that Mahalia and Freya Riding's two-year like we want people on our stage that in two years you're going to be like oh my god did I saw them at Secret Sessions two years ago yeah um, and that's that kind of two year model we've looked at quite a lot through our videos and, mm-hmm. and when it took people to break so we had okay. actually Casey Musgraves I think smashed through that and won a Grammy about six months later oh but, goodness um, that's super quick yeah yeah but wow. people like Bastille and Passenger and Lumineers like it tends to be two years. I, I was partially involved in the first Lumineers album. Oh. Uh, it was it was, uh, uh, it was something we were working on with a label when yeah. I was at Ingrews, and yeah. uh, they it went stratospheric. Yeah. We had an amazing year with it as, as their distributor, yeah. uh, and then they had been booked for our ten year anniversary party before they were kind of right. properly famous. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of it was a very it was amazing. Like, yeah, you know, and we, they played. Yeah, like oh, our, our staff party. Yeah. And then the Lumineers are playing, Amazing. and it was just an, an yeah. they had a great time because it was a you know an intimate yeah, yeah. kind of uh, you know thing, yeah. so they could relax and yeah. whatever, and, it, and it, it, they were utterly incredible, yeah. uh, as they still are. I love yeah. them, brilliant, yeah. real foot stomping, happy music. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it was what everybody's wedding song, yeah. like in that year or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing. So at the beginning, when Secret Sessions was a YouTube channel, yeah. we were sort of witnessing these amazing gigs, and it was just like me and a couple of cameramen. Yeah. We were like, we need to make this <laughs> live. We need to share this. Um, yeah, so that's part of why it went live. That's cool. And so, I mean, in terms of sort of your you know, planned, are you calling them signings or are they like partnerships or like how, how do you kind of, um, how do you think of your... Yeah, so we say in, in, the, in the network, in the artist network. In the network, yeah. that's nice, I like that. Yeah, so like obviously that. when we um, finalise the, the publishing agreement, uh-huh. they'll be signed. Yeah. Um, there's talks of labels and things like that, but I think right now it, it's... It's not where it's we're more at. about this sort of incubator yeah. kind of first steps yeah. establishing some sort of fan base yeah. that's real and genuine that's going to help carry them through yeah exactly um, yeah and hopefully some you know advertising partnerships or whatever yeah, yeah very cool very exciting well I, I'm, uh, I'm so, and, and so actually just yeah so you mentioned that two year thing is that kind of how long you think you might stay involved with them because is, is the idea that they might kind of just yeah. spread their wings and yeah you know, exactly they, so you know the best secret session stories are that you know, and I still think there is a massive place for record labels. I'm not saying there isn't. Yeah, and, and I knew that you would have that thought, and yeah. I wanted to kind of get that across because I always think some of that stuff sounds a little bit icky. You yeah, know, no, people, I absolutely know, am not someone that thinks record labels yeah. are dead and there's no need for them. Like yeah. the, you know, the global force behind what a record label can do for an artist when they're ready yeah. is really important. But I think when they're ready is is the key thing, and because labels are signing later and not doing so much that development work um there is a need for um businesses platforms like us to do because you're sort of funding it through other things whereas it's exactly that point i I remember um uh, my friend and founder of ingrews wrote something in billboard about the kind of the impact of streaming and cash flow Mm -hmm. and what it was going to 
impact on record companies. Yeah. And so I, I absolutely believe that that's why record companies, to your point, are picking these up later mm-hmm. on. They are looking for something with a bit of groundswell yeah. because it's too much of a risk. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, of course it does still happen, but yeah. predominantly there is a kind of, all right, have you already in your hometown or city made some noise? Yes, yeah. you have. Right, okay, now that's something we can build upon. Yeah. But that in itself is always it's a challenge yeah. you know yeah. you've kind of got your own little network and yeah. right, maybe you're at school or something and you're yeah. that but um, yeah. it's, it's super difficult yeah and then there are the artists that have streaming success early on and they're mm-hmm. you know quite happy just you know getting their million streams a month and taking home a few grand and they don't want to sign to a label yeah um, and, but then, and it's nice that they can choose right yeah yeah um, but you know like I remember doing a brand deal with an artist and um Melia, the hotel brand, and actually that that deal paid for the recording of the, the album. Right. And I think that's where brands can provide a really important role, um, where it might have been previously provided by a record label. And essentially, it is cash, <laughs> what the or kind of um, services in kind that an artist needs, but it's that development money to make the videos to do the marketing to get in the studio um, and that's where an artist at this level can kind of become a bit stuck yeah. and you know yes there are tools that can help do this but there is a certain amount of kind of real world activity that they need to be doing yeah yeah very good awesome um, any last thoughts um, or do you think we've covered it I think we've pretty much covered it yeah. I don't even think I said too many no, things I regret. The, the reason why I ask is because I'm trying to improve at doing this and yeah. trying to get better at it. So I'm always curious as to whether or not I've uh, actually sort of, you know, got all the way through it or not. Yeah, I think yeah. you did. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, in that case, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate that. And I'm so excited to see what you get on and do with this. Thank you it, very much. Thanks for having me. It's, it's good. Incredible. This is my first kind of... Um, press moment, I guess. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I, well, I feel honoured then. That's it's, and also kind of slightly crazy. Uh, it was, <laughs> yeah. This podcast was never meant to sort of end up like this, but I'm pl- very pleased it has. That's oh, great. Um, good. Okay. So uh, to my listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, I welcome all feedback as ever with comments and suggestions for future shows. My Twitter handle is at Alex Branson. Uh, just put podcast DM in a message, and I'll follow you back. Um, or head to the website www.abcmusic.co you'll find a contacts page there with my email address on thank you for listening